Welcome to Stoner Chicks, the podcast for stoners by Stoner Chicks. I'm Stephanie Thompson. I'm Grace Penzel. I'm Kayla Teal. And I'm Phoebe Richards. Welcome, welcome, everybody. And uh, just a quick top off shout out to our new Patreon subscribers. We have Amanda from Pennsylvania. Amanda, 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 Amanda. amazing Amanda, who is also a podcast lover in general. We found out that we're both part of a My Favorite Murder Weed podcast fan group on Facebook. So yeah, very fun. Wow, you're in a Facebook group even. (laughs) Quite the confession. (laughs) Oh my God. Anyway, thank you and welcome, Amanda. It's my middle name, so that means you're cool. (laughs) And thank you to Charlotte in Ottawa. (gasps) Yes. More Canadians. Thank you, Charlotte. This. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful That's Stephanie. Right. <laughs> we love that you're here, Charlotte. You're there. You're here. You're everywhere. And everywhere is on patreon.com slash stoner chicks. If you want to get in on our all our extra boobles and babbles over there. Ooh, we so got... many boobles, so many babbles. <laughs> Check us out at patreon.com slash stoner chicks. It really helps us out. And I want, before we got any further, I had a wrongsy righty that we have to do. We must address. Yes, yes, yes. So we had, I believe, a high thought sent in by a listener, and we didn't know how to pronounce the name. And the correct pronunciation I found out during an Instagram live is Totoon. Totoon. All right. So thank you. I can't remember what the high thought was, but thank you for your previous high thought, Totoon. Thank you, Totoon. And thank you for listening. We love you. (laughs) And today is an incredible day. We said that we needed help, that we were big edible dummies, (laughs) and that we, we needed assistance. And I am over the moon to announce that we have A very special guest, Christina W., is an award-winning storyteller and seasoned PR and communications pro who spent over a decade in the food and restaurant industry working with well-known chefs and has transitioned into being a culinary cannabis educator, recipe developer, content creator, and baking show host. Also a podcaster and an incredible writer. I subscribe to her Substack, Fruit and Flower. She's Fruit and Flower on Instagram. We're so excited to have her. Welcome, Christina W. Hey, everyone. Hello, Christina. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you here. And Phoebe's hitting her bong in delight. <laughs> we're just we're just over the moon. How are you doing today? I'm so good. I'm just extra high. I was shooting earlier and had to do I was trying to get the perfect smoke shot for a cover photo and I was already high. I had already eaten some edibles and drinks as part of my filming and so I'm a little loopy. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, We like it loopy here on Stoner Chicks Podcast, if there's one thing that you can be sure of. Now, I was reading the transcript of an interview you did on To Be Blunt with Shada Tarabi, and something that I 
saw you say was that stop asking about the what and ask about the why. If you're not asking about the why of why you're doing something, you're asking the wrong question. And so I kind of, I only gave a little introduction to you. I wanted to open it up to you. What is your why in the world of cannabis and plant medicine? And what kind of makes you tick in this industry? Because you're, you're clearly working hard. What's your why? Wow. My why is I use food to help teach. Well, I'll start with my what and we'll get into the why because it kind of helps. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. I use food to help teach people how to choose better cannabis products for themselves. And the reason why is because for me, just using cannabis and just helping people use cannabis to unfurl and fruit and flower and like how it can just unravel all these different parts of ourselves and and showing people how to use cannabis as plant medicine and consume intentionally. So much of what I've noticed is, you know, it's like it's considered a drug. It's a party drug. It's for recreation. but also. There's so much mental health and wellness and just healing that goes on with cannabis and exploring all of that through food is absolutely amazing. So that's why I do what I do. Oh, that's beautiful. And as as beautifully put, I think one of the things that I've noticed both in your content and your writing and the recipes that you put together is just incredible storytelling. I was listening earlier to you talking about making an infused Humboldt fog matcha. But Mm. while you were talking about it, you were talking about the fog rolling into Humboldt and the history of Humboldt County. And I think that's so incredible. Where do these stories come from? Does it start with the food or does it start with the story? How do you find these moments of inspiration? (laughs) I always joke that like, as an artist, my medium is sugar and drugs. And so, yeah, like, and the inspiration, it just comes from like all little different parts of life, you know? I mean, and I think that's also what cannabis is helpful for. It really helps you unlock that creative artistic side. It definitely did for me. And it came from a few things, actually. It wasn't just one thing that inspired it. Like I was pitching uh, my editor at Thrillist, who is Lauren Yoshiko, who writes the Sticky Bits newsletter. Oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, she asked me to do like a winter, like an infused winter drink article for Thrillist. And I pitched her some ideas and she was like, okay, these are kind of fine. They're boring, but like, can you like fruit and flower it somehow? And I was like, all right, okay, let me sit on this. And (laughs) I remember I was flipping through Instagram and Tina Gordon, who's owner of Moon Maid Farms up in Humboldt had just posted this beautiful reel. And it was this like hyperlapse of the clouds and the fogs rolling in through her farm and like just weaving through the pine trees, through the cannabis plants. And I also remember when I went up to Humboldt to go visit and got to visit some of these farmers in those mountains, like that's what I felt. Like you could smell that fresh pine, you get that feeling, like right, that cold in my nose and all of that. And so I just tried to like, use this drink to capture what that felt like. And the inspiration for it was actually a London Fog tea latte, which is made with Earl Grey tea. But I wanted to make it something that was green and herby. So it was like matcha with like a cannabis leaf tea to incorporate that earthiness, that pine, like bottom of like the pine forest dirt feel. And then using it with an infused milk or even a tincture, something high in pinene is going to give you that fresh brightness. 
And that creamy milkiness is just kind of like those waves like of fog rolling through. And so for every, people who haven't been to Humboldt, who haven't seen what that looks like, hopefully this drink tells you a story so that you can appreciate where your cannabis comes from and the place that grows the best weed in the world. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm there. See, beautiful <laughs> storytelling. So if you want more of that fruitandflower.co and to sign up for this Substack, but so, wow, I'm blown away, but I want to walk it sort of way back. You are an educator. You kind of can help people get started with edibles, it seems like. I'm wondering from you, for someone who's maybe feeling intimidated by starting making their own edibles or who is on a budget, what are some of the most basic tools and ingredients that someone would need to kind of get started on this journey? Yeah, I always, when I tell people what I do, I will, they'll inevitably tell me about the time they had like the pot brownie at a party and they got too high and now they're scared of edibles and they don't want to try them anymore. (laughs) Oh yeah. And there's a lot of that. And so I always say like, whenever you're starting off with edibles, if you're curious for whatever reason, maybe you want to start cannabis and you don't want to smoke. So an edible feels like a better choice for you. Or if you are a longtime smoker and you'd like to kind of swap out and try edibles so that um, to save your lungs a little bit, that's a good option. But I always say start low, go slow. If you don't know your dose, start at five milligrams THC per serving or less and just wait, Mm -hmm. be patient. (laughs) Be patient is the name of the game with edibles. I mean, so many times right, you eat the thing and you're like, this isn't working. I'm going to have another one. And then the next thing you know, it's too strong. And so have patience, wait the two hours, three hours sometimes to really see how you're going to feel. And then if you're like, you know what? I didn't feel anything. Wait the next day and then try again and increase your dose by a little bit more. And that's how you're going to like slowly inching your way up is how you're going to find out what's your optimum dose because everybody is different. And Unlike alcohol, your body size does not equate to your same as to your tolerance. So just because you're really small, you're a small person doesn't mean you only have a low tolerance. And because you're a big person doesn't mean that you're going to have a high tolerance. Everyone's personal endocannabinoid system is different. I'm always like, start low. Some people just have a higher tolerance. Some have a lower tolerance. And like, there's really just, you're going to be okay if you start low. Don't start high. (laughs) I know I've gotten high off edibles before, but it's always been when I either mistaken something for not an edible and I eat it and a lot of it. And then I'm like, then I get too high. That's happened to me twice, I think. Yeah. You might just have a high tolerance for sure. Like Mm -hmm. for me, I like I was good at like five and now I've moved up to 10 milligrams. For some people, they don't feel like 50 milligrams is a good place to start. Others, a hundred. So it's just like, that's why I'm like, just kind of start and like step ladder your way up bit by bit until you find what works. Mm. And if you're getting to a point where you're like, okay, like this is, I don't want to eat this much, then like maybe it's not for you. But I think for those who are high dose medical users, cooking and making your own at home is really the best way that you're going to be able to control your dosing. Because if you're going to a dispensary and you're purchasing edibles, most of the time there's a legal cap where like each serving is 10 milligrams. Or even if you can get something that's 100 milligrams, it's still really expensive. So honestly, Mm -hmm. making your own at home is the trusted way that you know exactly what's going into your edibles. You can control that and you can put it as part of your your daily habits. Like 
a little bit of like infused olive oil in your cooking, some infused morning coffee. You want to have a little afternoon snack and you, you could do granolas. Like there's so many healthier ways to consume rather than just gummies and chocolates. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'm kind of wondering along those lines of like, you know, using it in your cooking oil or this or that, if we're talking about someone who's maybe a little bit regular of a consumer who's wanting to get started doing their own infused cooking or baking, is their kind of supreme fat or oil that one would use? And what are the sort of basic tools that you would need to get started making those measurements to make sure that you know what dose you're getting. Yeah. So to make your own edibles at home, you don't need any fancy equipment. You don't need to buy the fancy devices. You don't need any of that. It certainly makes your life easier to have all of that stuff, but you don't need it. My very intro basic is going to be if you have an oven and a mason jar, that'll do. Even a stove, a stovetop is good too. I enjoy a stovetop, except like I don't want to sit and babysit butter on the stove for hours. So that's why I like an oven and a mason jar because most everybody has access to an oven and most everyone can get access to a mason jar. And so Uh you actually need very little flour to make a pretty decent dose of edibles. You'd be surprised. Like I will smoke a bowl or smoke a joint that has more flour than I will put into an entire batch of like cookies, for mm. example, wow. that makes them all oh, wow. infused. So you you only need very little. So like there's definitely a formula and some can of math you have to do to figure out exactly how about how much flour to get to your desired dose per serving. But there's free online calculators or you can do the math. It feels intimidating at first, but once you kind of crack the code, you're like, ah, I understand now. And that will help your confidence because a lot of times, right, if you're having the pot brownie at the party or you're trying to make it at home and people are like, well, you know, I smoke a bowl. It's about this much, you know, and then there's about (laughs) five, you know, there's nine serving. So we'll put in nine of that. No, way too much. That's how you get the bad experience. And so (laughs) you just got to do the math of like, okay, how many dose per servings you want? How many servings does this recipe make? And then looking, knowing the flour that you're working with. and if you want to learn all of these steps on my Substack newsletter, I have a section called DIY Edibles, and it just breaks down every single one of the steps from decarbing and activating your flour to the best type of oil to can you boil weed and water? Will it work? How to make can of honey? Ooh. And so it just kind of goes through each of these bits. And okay. my philosophy on cooking with cannabis at home, honestly, cannabis will infuse into any fat. Cannabis likes fat the best. So the higher the fat, the more efficient and the better the infusion. So coconut oil tends to be the most efficient, but also like I don't want to cook all my food in coconut oil because I don't want it to taste coconutty. So I'm really of the philosophy that I infuse whatever it is that I need in the recipe that's going to make the food taste the best. And I think a lot of the misnomer of what happens when you like try to research or you like when I was doing research, trying to learn how to cook with cannabis at home, the information was so intense. Like everybody was so specific about this is the way you do it. And this is the only way. And I was like, that's just not true. Like you can do it all different ways and there's different variables. And 
the way that makes sense for you and what you have available at home will totally work. So if coconut oil, like you cook with coconut oil, great, use that. If you, uh, like I tend to cook with olive oil the most. So if I'm cooking, I'll do olive oil. But because I Mm -hmm. bake, most of my stuff ends up being can of butter. And then if you want like a no fat, no oil version, you can make an alcohol tincture with a high proof alcohol. That's really flexible. That's easy to use. It just, it feels intimidating at first because you're like, what am I doing? What is a green dragon? (laughs) And you're scared that it's going to be too potent. But uh, again, I do have posts on my Substack in that DIY edible Mm -hmm. section that break down the math and dosing guides so that you can better understand what that looks like. Wow. Oh my gosh, that's so fun. Yeah, what a great resource. I'm a, just a total beginner cook, even in my 40th year of life. But I've been getting a little bit more confidence the last couple months. And so I'm really excited to try doing this at home. Yeah. And I would say if you're just starting out and you're not sure about dosing, this the way that somebody taught me was just get an oil tincture, like go to your dispensary and get, you know, some, usually it's MCT oil or olive oil and use that tincture to dose your recipes. Make what you're going to make normally. Don't try to infuse first, just start and learn your dosing. And then you get that tincture and you're like, okay, I need, you know, like if you're making, let's say like your morning cup of coffee, you're like, I want five milligrams, put in just that much drops of oil. And then you're like, okay. And then If you're going to make, let's say like a batch of cookies or a batch of brownies, like I know one box of brownies makes nine large brownies, nine times five milligrams is 45 milligrams for the entire batch. You can use that tincture and dose out exactly 45 milligrams worth of THC into your vegetable oil that you would make with the butter Mm -hmm. um, to make your brownies with, and that will dose it pretty evenly. And so that's a good way to practice to get started with dosing. And then like, instead of trying to infuse your own with flour, like just, I just used a tincture and like add that, like displace it. So it just depends on how much you're using. So that's a really easy way to get started. And you can just use that in your food, just drip it on your food. And now you've got infused spaghetti. Yeah. And that's not intimidating (laughs) to me at all. That's something I can, I can wrap my brain around. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I also find that like people find it intimidating to put like cannabis in their food and like, and I also work at a dispensary. And so I spend a lot of time talking to people who come in and most people who go for edibles, they just want to buy gummies. And I was like, yo, you realize you're looking for, you're looking to candy to solve your problems. Like you're looking at weed candy to try to solve all these issues. And for a lot of people who come in, it's, you know, they're dealing with inflammatory issues or sleep. And I was like, you're eating a buttload of sugar before you're trying to go to sleep. So just a heads up, you just need to recognize that that's what this is. And the convenience of gummies, I think is so easy, right? You just want this nice little tin of a thing that you can just pop in your mouth like candy. It tastes good and it's high. But if you're eating throughout the day, if you're dosing throughout the day for like, especially for people who have a lot of stress and anxiety, having like a little kind of like a minimum level of cannabis in their system is helpful so that they can maintain that balance and kind of keep their stress at bay. And especially also people who are dealing with pain, having like a little bit throughout the day. So rather than just popping gummies throughout the day, like you can have it in your food and it actually makes it more bioavailable and in your stomach. And edibles are actually a great way to stretch your weed. If you only have so much weed or Mm. you don't have great quality, 
like you could actually get more THC and more high out of turning that into edibles rather than smoking it. That's what it's sounding like. And I so appreciate what you're saying about the sugar and everything else. I remember in 2017, I had oral surgery and I couldn't smoke for a week or whatever. And I was eating so much sugar from all of the edibles that I was eating that my skin was breaking out and I felt sick and hot all the time. And I'm a sugar gal, but it was like, so intense. And I even thought then, then kind of keeping your philosophy in mind, Christina, I went to a dispensary earlier and I was just curious to see what would happen. I said, hey, you know, in terms of edibles, if I'm looking for something that doesn't have, you know, as many preservatives or less sugar, or like if something a little more natural, what have you got available? And literally it was just a gummy that didn't have high fructose corn syrup. And that was the best option that there was in terms of edibles. So anyway, I just, I appreciate what you're saying. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're looking for healthier edibles, right, I would say, look for natural ingredients, flip it over, flip that package over and see what the Mm -hmm. ingredients are. If corn syrup's the first ingredient, any other artificial ingredient, just put that away. That's not good for you. Not good for anybody, honestly. But also, like, I like to say, I'm like, look, I really like candy and I also like fast food. So there's places for both of them. But like, Mm -hmm. if you want to make that conscious decision to choose healthier options, like, here's a way you can do it. Also, like, not everything has to be candy. There's so many savory things. There's drinks. Mm. There's like beverages. Also, like, I'm looking for like when I go and I'm looking for like a nice, really good gummy, I'm looking for solventless whole plant things that are made with rosin um, wherever possible, or even ice water hash, because I know the high from that is going to feel so much better. It's going to be more robust. It's going to be more full bodied. It's going to be a better high than like edibles that are like flavorless and tasteless and made with a distillate, which like give me a headache. Seriously. Oh my gosh. You're throwing so many things into relief. I love it. I'm so excited about it. And I can't wait to hear more. But right now, we got to take a smoke break. Let's get high. I do need a smoke break. (laughs) This is true. (laughs) Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back from your smoke break, stoners. We're here with Christina W. from Fruit and Flower, fruitandflower.co, and uh, we're learning all about edibles. Thanks for being here. Phoebe has a question for you. Oh, I do. I was looking through (laughs) all your things on your site and salivating at all the pictures of baked goods. Uh, But the thing that really caught my attention was uh, I saw you had a podcast episode about infusing coffee beans. to make coffee in the morning. And that super piqued my excitement because coffee and weed are my two favorite vices. And I was really drawn by... virtues. Yep, and virtues. (laughs) (laughs) Especially you're talking about it doesn't even need to be strong. That sometimes just that little bit of... And I mean, I think the morning is the most important time I smoke. I definitely often use that as an excuse to smoke way more than I need. But truly, just some THC with coffee in the morning is huge. So I was curious your tips on if I was looking into starting with that. 
I love a good hippie speedball. That coffee (laughs) and weed combo in the morning is like the secret to my efficiency. Like when I built fruit and flower out coming out of like this horrendous breakup, like I could barely function and weed and coffee is like the (laughs) only thing that got me through all of this. So there's a few ways to do a weed and coffee. I mean, always just smoke a J and drink a cup of coffee. That's a good (laughs) one. (laughs) Classic. You can infuse your milk. So um, milk Mm. has fat. So whole milk is going to be the best. Oat milk will work as well. It has higher fats. And if you want to see on my DIY edible section on my Substack newsletter, there's a whole breakdown of all the different types of milks. What are the percent fats and their efficiency for infusing? Mm. Because I'm a nerd like that and I need to know. Awesome. Yeah. So like milks, like almond nut milks, like almond milk or skim milk, like those aren't going to be good for infusing if you're like infusing at home with like ground flour because it's such low fat, like you're wasting most of your cannabis. It's not sticking in there. So um, cannabis likes to stick to fats. Using a tincture, like we were talking about earlier, technically it's oil and water and they don't want to mix, but like, it'll be okay. It'll work. (laughs) Also, I have a friend who has a technique for roasting coffee beans with can of butter and other oil, but like that's kind of a long process because you have to like hand hand roast it or have a roaster. Um, There's also other cannabis coffee products. I know there's like Kush cups. I think they have like K-cups that I think those are made with distillate though. Mm. And then I know that there's some hemp CBD coffee by Deva Coffee um, does live resin bubble hash coffee. I think she's out of Seattle as well. And then Strava out of, Denver, Colorado, they also do a hemp CBD coffee. That's pretty nice. Bubble hash coffee. Right? Yeah. Talk about a huge reason just legalize this fully so we can just have like coffee, specialty coffee houses and all these things that we can. Oh, it sounds amazing. This kind of segues into a question, if it's okay, Phoebe. Yeah. I have had a number of cannabis infused beverages that I have not liked the taste of. I tend to find them to be pretty bitter and to have a pretty weird aftertaste. Is that something do you think that's just like a personal taste or do you think that there's certain ways to try to mitigate that or certain things to infuse into that would taste less funky? Yeah. So the reason why you're getting that bitter taste when you're trying a lot of these cannabis beverages is because of the nano emulsification. A lot of science words. So what happens because cannabis is an oil, it is not water soluble. So you have to make it water soluble in order for it to be in like a beverage, right? Like a seltzer, like those canned drinks. And so there's something called nano emulsification. So just like when you make a salad dressing, you're trying to mix together an an oil and usually like a vinegar or like an acid, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to mix them together really quickly so that the water and the oil particles suspend and hold together. Right. So with cannabis and this nano emulsification process, it's kind of like that. So they have to like do this process to make all of those cannabis oils really small so that they'll suspend in water. And what happens is when you drink it, so normally when you take an edible, you have to wait like 90 minutes or two hours for your liver to process it for you then feel the edible. But with these nano emulsified drinks, and even some edibles have this now too that are fast acting, your body absorbs it faster because they're broken down into smaller particles. And 
it'll start to, you'll feel those effects within 15 to 20 minutes. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. And that bitter taste, I mean, that's kind of part of the process. I feel like they've gotten significantly better. Mm -hmm. That bitter aftertaste Mm -hmm. is like, like they have to do some additives to get it to suspend like that. And that is usually what I find has that nasty aftertaste. Sure. Also, but there's some really good ones that don't have that aftertaste. You just sort of have to like try and see what works for you and which brands are doing things. And also this is all new. Everybody is learning as they go Mm -hmm. along. Like I know some of these beverages, they had to like reformulate because like the THC and that nano like emulsified cannabis oil was like sticking to the sides of the insides of the aluminum can. Yeah. Oh, and so then you're not even getting the dosage at all. Exactly. Yeah. I think they've they've worked that one out. That was like last year. I, I heard about that. But also like I like the taste of natural weed. Like some people are like, oh, I hate the taste. Like I find that natural, like whole plant, like weeds with like Mm -hmm. rosins. Yeah, it tastes kind of like weedy, but you can pair it. You can like, just like with your food, just like herbs and spices, you can balance it so that it tastes better. But with those bitter tastes, like they're trying to cover it up with, again, a lot of sugar, a lot of artificial flavors, but you don't really have to. Even like there was one that was a solvent, a fast acting solventless rosin like drink mix. And it came in a little vial. The consistency was like if you had a simple syrup, but if I like drank a little bit to my lips, it was so horrible tasting. It was like Uh (laughs) bitter and awful, but the point was you're supposed to mix it into a drink. So once you mix it, it doesn't taste too bad. Yeah. But that was one of the ones where I was like, honestly, this doesn't taste great. It sometimes kind of ruins the flavor of my drink, depending on what it is. But the high from that rosin is so good. I'm like, it's worth it. (laughs) So yeah, so these full spec, full rosin, like full spec rosins are kind of like the ideal that we're going for. That's what I like. Like I like choosing edibles that say the words like full spectrum, rosin live rosin, even live resins, um, things that are strain specific, especially chocolates and gummies that are made with hash, cold water hash. Those are my favorites. Sure. Okay. So, oh, I'm so excited. Gosh, (laughs) I have a million questions. (laughs) One thing that I wanted to kind of throw it over to Stephanie. Now I know You had mentioned in this same Humboldt Fog podcast episode that we keep talking about that for that specific recipe, you might want to seek out a sort of piney flour to complement the tastes. We had a question about looking for the right weed for infusion. Yeah, I guess my question was like that when you're at the store and you want to start infusing at home, like the flour that you purchase, you need to go high shelf, you know, top shelf, or do, can you get a bag of like, you know, shake or I didn't know what you'd look yeah, for. If, I would say, depending on your budget, hey, if you've got baller budget, you go get whatever you want, girl. <laughs> you, can, you can spend your money however you want. If you are balling on a budget, yes, definitely. You can absolutely cook with the more affordable flour that you can find. Trim, pre-ground, those are a really great price. If you know anyone who grows, that's always a really good one. Grow your own at home, always effective as well. But um, you don't need the best, best quality, like smoking eighth to infuse your food. You can, I do, but I also get a lot of it. So 
waste not. If I have some old flour that's been sitting around and I'm like, mm, like it's seen better days, let's probably like getting to be a year old. Like I'll save those and I'll use those for cooking. Oh, good to know. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And then I was also going to say, um, I was kind of talking about like my favorite edibles and what I look for. There's a new app that just launched called Budist. B-U-D-I-S-T. And it has a bunch of us going on and we're reviewing different edibles and they're going to be expanding to different states and looking for more Buddhists and reviewers in all of the different states. So I'm specifically doing edibles in California. So if you log into that app, um, it's free to download. You can read my reviews. You can see what I'm in into. And like my process is I take an edible, I wait, and then I do stream of consciousness reviews. And I just reviewed this sex gummy that like, <gasps> damn, Ooh. I didn't want to believe that it would be good, but like, I can't argue with results. <laughs> oh, simply can't goodness. argue with results. <laughs> no. So I guess we'll have to go find you on Buddhist to get the full stream mm. of consciousness for that. Is that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give you the teaser that there were six orgasms later with this gummy. <gasps> oh. Yeah. oh. Well, Stoner so Chicks, I feel we like love this. we have an assignment. We need to do research. <laughs> yeah. Yes. What about that gummy made it geared towards more pleasurable sex? So this particular gummy was, so it was a distillate-based gummy. And the effects were from the blend of terpenes. So according to the packaging in the site, it was an exclusive blend of terpenes that provide the sexy like arousal effects. Now, the way I like to describe what terpenes and cannabinoids are is like the cannabinoids, kind of like your THC, CBD, CBG, Alt, CBN, all of the, the three letter letters. Those are kind of like the make and model of your car. It's what you're driving. And the terpenes are those flavors and those aromas. What are you smelling? What do you taste? And that is kind of like the steering wheel. That's the driver. That's going to take you where you want to go. That's going to give you the feelings and those experiences. And so, I mean, it pretty much looked like every terp, like all the major terpenes when I read the back of the bag, but it worked. I don't know. It just, it definitely had like the stimulating tinglies and then there was a really nice body relaxation so that like I was like in the moment. And then I also sometimes find it hard to like turn off the thoughts. Like my mind just keeps going and I'm distracted and I'm just being not being present when I'm trying to have sex with my partner. And like this was really nice because it just made me very present and like focused and this like very like lustful carnal energy. And if we thought, oh, maybe one gummy was a fluke. No, no, I took it again last night. Same thing happened last night. <laughs> well, that's a that's real good. shining review. I, I, <laughs> absolutely. Kayla's like, Kayla's like, where do like, I find this? Place? I know. I'm like, <laughs> I live in your city. Where did you find this? Where did I <laughs> you can actually go get it at, um, I got it from the OG Cannabis Cafe. So there's like a cannabis like cafe and lounge where you can like order. So they have like pre-rolls. This is one of their gummies. It's called, um, here, I'll show you the bag. So when you go, you can order it. It's this one. It's Sex by Huxley's. Ooh. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just says se- it's sex, Huxley's. Yeah, it's, there's nothing exactly. Else. Well, it also has CBG, which I thought was really interesting. Hmm. So CBG, I'm predicting, CBG is the it cannabinoid of 2024. First, I CBN so. for sleep. Mm-hmm. And then last year is all about THCV for focus. This year, CBG is in everything. And it's really good for recovery. If you're like working out, it's um, extra good and 
anti-inflammatory in addition to CBD. Hmm. It's a good neuroprotectant. And so I think the CBG also helped with coming to like that body flow and relaxation and like recovery afterwards too. Well, you heard it here first. CBG (laughs) of 2024. (laughs) I have a question. It's kind of coming partially from Kayla and partially from a listener, Vicky, who were asking about the distribution of cannabis, either in a, in a dish or in in a substance. And some uh, Vicky had said, "Is lecithin lecithin important?" Lecithin, <laughs> lecithin. And then Kayla was wondering, like, if we're getting an edible at the store, how can we? trust that if we cut it into quarters that the dosage would be mm. consistent throughout and that might just be too big of a question but i had to float it to you because yeah we're getting it. the potency hot spot yeah so that i mean that's what happens right somebody made a batch of brownies and then like oh this corner over here is a little bit stronger than this corner over here and the reason for that is because your fat and your oil whatever you're using just wasn't blended evenly okay. so in baking as well We always say use room temperature butter because it's going to whip. It's going to do all of the things and incorporate with all of those ingredients better. And what happens when a lot of people are making edibles at home or they're following instructions, they make a really potent batch of can of butter and then they take a spoonful, like, right, you you take a little bit of that green, dark green can of butter and then you mix it with other butter for your, like, whatever you're making. We'll say the batch of brownies. and If both of those butters weren't room temp and you didn't blend it all together and mix it really evenly, that's how you're going to get a hotspot when you're baking edibles at home. Oh, the hotspot. So that's why a lot of the methods that I use when I write my recipes and I make my recipes, I don't scoop a little bit out of like the dark green jar of butter and add it into what I'm making. I infuse exactly the oil I need for that recipe. Mm. Because I also don't need a random bunch of jars of like mystery (laughs) butters that I don't remember the potency for, which is usually what happens. So I just infuse exactly what I need for each recipe so that I know it's going to be perfect. Because also trying to do the math backwards, being like, all right, what am I, how much am I adding in? How much am I subtracting out is just too much math for me. Perfect. Well, asked and answered. And then the last question that I have to ask you, because, and I don't want to, it embarrasses me to claim this in front of you because it's a little tongue in cheek when I do it, but we have a joke on the podcast that I'm a dessert genius because I really <laughs> love, I really, I really love dessert. I'm very passionate for, it. I'm not a baker, but like, <laughs> I love sugar and I love dessert. You have cooked and baked some for some very, you know, prestigious people, you've been in this business for a long time. Does a certain dish come to mind that was either especially elaborate or beautiful that was an infused dessert that you created? How dare you make me choose between my beautiful <laughs> No, and that's why, and I know, I'm so sorry. And that's why I'm saying it could be anyone. It doesn't have to be the number one. So... <laughs> It can, you can to say one of my best friends. <laughs> it's hard to say that like this is my favorite because every time I make a recipe or I make a dish, I was like, oh, this is my favorite. Like this oh, is yeah. like my pinnacle. But I think they're they all serve a different purpose. They all have a different story. I don't know if I can say that there's one. I mean, like 
one especially memorable one I'll mention just because I'm also working on a collab project that I'll tease to you guys. Yeah. So I love my rage cake. And because I think the rage cake perfectly summarizes everything that of what fruit and flower is, I decorated a rage cake. I was in the middle of this, that horrible breakup that I had mentioned earlier. And my ex had just, whatever had happened that day, I was, he sent me in a tizzy. I was in white, hot, angry rage. And unfortunately with this particular breakup, it also came with a side of panic attacks and anxiety. And so like I was in the middle of like, I needed to decorate this cake for a photo shoot that I'd been asked to do this thing for. And like, I couldn't function. Like he'd come by, I was in the middle of a panic attack, just anxiety ridden on the floor, like in a heap and like pissed. And I was getting angrier by the minute because I was like, how do like, he is causing me to like mess this up was we the thinking it. that was going on. I wanted to blame him. He's doing this to me. But honestly, he just walked by the window. That's it. <laughs> and, and I realized in that moment, I was like, I get to choose how I want to react to this. And I'm not going to choose to let this person ruin my opportunities. So I mustered mm-hmm. up the energy to get my ass up, packed a bowl, took a badass bong rip and just like went to town decorating this cake. And I didn't have a plan going into decorating the cake. I just knew I needed to do something. And what resulted from that, both the bong rip and just channeling like my anxiety and my anger and all of that, like into this cake was the most beautiful thing. Like just, I was like sitting there, like in this moment, tying tiny bits of string to like cannabis leaves and like spackling it onto this cake and these beautiful like neon orange hot pink and yellow like very much like endless summer and then I'm like splatter painting it with like all of my hate and anger and energy and then like once I started like peeling back these beautiful leaves it was so beautiful like on the outside of the cake it was like black and white and very binary and like angry with that splatter but then you pull away the leaves and underneath you have these beautiful splashes of like bright color and like sunshine and warmth and like that's really how I felt underneath. And so the expression of that, the use of cannabis to channel anger and rage into something beautiful and productive, like like this rage cake is like, that is fruit and flower. And I love that cake. And that particular cake was also, it was an XJ13. So it was like citrus and pinene. So it had like a, that like bright, like citrus and like pine fresh, like energetic infusion and vibe into it. And so you can actually listen to, I have a whole podcast episode that'll tell you more about this cake as well. But I am in the middle of doing a collab with High On Plants. So they make these really beautiful like leather um, cannabis leaf earrings in these like cool colors. And they also have these cute like stoner puzzles. So High On Plants and I are collabing on a rage set of earrings inspired by that splatter of the cake. Oh my God. Fun. I've seen the pictures of this cake and it is so beautiful and the funky colors underneath are fun. I'm I'm excited to see these earrings. Yeah, they're going to come out in time for uh, 420. Amazing. Oh yeah. This oh, yeah. episode has made me hungry. <laughs> Christina, <laughs> do you sell your edibles anywhere? Or I know you have like, you sell to private stuff like that, but do you vend around LA or anything like that? I don't vend. I was, when I first started, 
and you're saying like, you know, I've been in this for a long time. That's actually not true. I'm fairly new. I only learned how to infuse and cook with cannabis in 2019. Mm. And then like, yes, I'm actually also new to cannabis. So like the amount of information and like people I've met, all the things I've done in like the last three years has been incredible. And like, that's why I I love talking about it because like when I was learning, I was like, why is this so confusing? This is unnecessarily confusing. How can I make this easier for everybody to get access to this in ways that like they don't feel intimidated? And so now I lost my train of thought because I'm high. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) Oh yes, do I vent? Do I vent? So when I started, I was like, wouldn't it be so cool if people would just pay me to make infused desserts? And then they did. And I was like, fuck, I hate this. I don't want to be a bakery. So I don't bend. I will do custom orders every once in a while. So it's really dependent on like, does my, like, is someone going to let me be an artist and make something really cool about, make something really cool for them? And do I have time? Does it fit into my schedule that particular week or day? And then I'll also do desserts for like special events or custom orders for like clients and things like that. So you can always ask. I will try my best to accommodate, but I try not to be a bakery because I found that when I bake and what I do, it's more I do it for the art mm-hmm. and for the yeah. love and the creativity. And once I try to, to make money on it and sell it like a bakery, like it took away all the joy from it. Mm, that makes total sense. That's what I hear from so many creators. And Christina, it really shines through that like you are an artist and your stuff is art. Listeners, go check her out. Christina, thank you so much for being on yes, Storage Podcast. Yes, thank you oh, so much, me. Christina. This was truly an inspiring conversation. Thank you so much. It was lovely meeting you, listening to you. And listeners, thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this, you should go ahead and rate and review us on Apple or Spotify. It truly helps. And if you give us five stars on Apple, we will read your review on here. Also, for all things Stoner (laughs) Chicks, go to our website, stonerchickspodcast.com. You can find it out about upcoming shows. 420 is coming up and we got a lot of things planned. You can sign up for our email list. You can buy merch like hats, mugs, t-shirts, Also, to get your giggles out, go to TikTok and we are Broccoli Broads. Broccoli Broads. Yes, that is us on TikTok. And on Instagram, we're just Boring Old Stoner Chicks Podcast. That's our actual name. And you could send us email at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com. That's where you can send high thoughts for Stephanie. You can send Stoner Movie Book Club suggestions because this is the year of listener suggestions. And you can send a snail mail at P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Hey, Stephanie, Hmm. what do stoner chicks always say? Hmm. I'm going to get high and think about the why. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask a high stoner thought questions for all of you? 100%. Yeah. If you could have the tail of any animal, what tail would you have? <gasps> a kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's like a lot of balance and strength yeah, in the tail. That's a good one. I think uh-huh. like an ocelot, like a pretty kitty, like Ooh. really soft. Oh, well, the first one popped in my head, but then I immediately thought of why I don't want it, but I'm still going to say it is a rattlesnake, <laughs> so no one would fuck with me. <laughs> but then I was like, but everyone would always hear me coming, so I don't know. Maybe that's good. They can get excited. <laughs> um, I think I want a stegosaurus tail. 
Yes. yes. And it's a weapon. I like it. <laughs> Wait, and, and what about you? I would go for a skunk tail. Oh. I also, I'm obsessed with skunks. I have so many around my house and they're so <laughs> cute and they're fluffy. Yes. They're so cute and they smell like weed. And they smell like weed. Yeah, they oh, smell like perfect. weed. It's literally a weed cat. <laughs> yeah. We stand a skunk. Weed cat. All right, everybody. Shout out what your animal tail is and go smoke <laughs> yeah, your weed. Bye bye. Right now, wherever you are. Shout it out. Say it now. Right now. <laughs> Stoner Chicks Podcast is hosted by me, Grace Penzel, Stephanie Thompson, Kayla Teal, and Phoebe Richards. The show is edited by German at Your Podcast Editor, and the theme music is composed by Jessica Damari. Email us your high thoughts at stonerchickspodcast at gmail.com or send us snail mail at P.O. Box 80586, Seattle, Washington, 98108. Please follow us on social media at Stoner Chicks Podcast on Instagram or Broccoli Broads on TikTok.